We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Hello and welcome into another edition of Mizzou That's Who, uh, Missouri basketball podcast now on the Kansas City Sports Network. I am one of your co-hosts, Tucker Franklin, with Gabe DeArmond and Maggie Johnson. I'm just kidding. We're not going to talk about Missouri basketball just yet. Uh, we've got a couple more weeks maybe uh, before we fully flip to uh, Missouri basketball. But uh, first, got to shout out our good folks at Charlie Hustle. I'm wearing uh, one of the uh, newer designs they've got out. Uh, we've got They've got all kinds of stuff at Charlie Hustle. If you want more than just Mizzou stuff, uh, they've got all kinds of stuff at charliehustle.com. You can go there, get the new designs that they dropped uh, from their Missouri capsule that they're doing on their college road show. So good, got some good designs there. The Shakespeare's Pizza one already sold out. I went to go buy that one. It was oh. gone by the time uh, I went to go buy it on Friday. So, um, yeah, good good for them. Good for Shakespeare's Pizza. That design was really nice. I, I like I that one a lot. But, Lawrence um, Bowers had a cool Missouri Tigers one on, and I'm a big fan of the things that say Missouri, like Missouri as even opposed to Mizzou. I just like it. Mm-hmm. Like your shirt, I, I have that one. I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. Lawrence Bowers was wearing uh, the new Missouri Tigers one, and it looks really awesome. And it's gold, and I don't think they didn't have much gold right. ones before. So right. they sent me four of those shirts, and they got my wife's seal of approval. So uh, that's that's how I judge things. <laughs> You're gonna give them away, but who knows if they if they might show up missing? <laughs> it sounds like if your wife loved them so much. Well, so. yeah, no. <laughs> we, I've already promised to give them away. So, fair. Well, um, I guess we should talk about this Missouri Auburn game. Uh, I, before before we get into that game, I I just have to say, Manhattan, Kansas is my personal football hell. Um, I drove the two hours to Manhattan, Kansas, to watch the Missouri Tigers play the Kansas State Football Wildcats, and it did not go well. Sat out in the rain. There was a rain delay. Got back late, was falling asleep on the way home driving just because it was just like that drive in between Topeka and Manhattan is just awful. Um, Simply bad uh, to drive. It's very boring. Um, And then I go back to Manhattan, Kansas this last week. And if I mean, we were doing some live shows for the K-State Oklahoma game. Good thing we were there because 
K-State looked like a completely different team than what they were last week, which is probably for another podcast. But I have to watch this Missouri Tigers football game in a bar at Tanner's in Aggieville around a bunch of K-State fans. They just get to watch me slowly melt down as I'm glued to one TV in the corner that they had the Mizzou game on. Everyone else had, you know, other important. I think the Kansas game was on too, but the Kansas game was over by that time. But um, so I just have not had a good football experience in Manhattan, Kansas yet. And I probably never will uh, because that was, that was quite a game. The K-State fans should have been upset. Missouri's out here hurting their RPI. You know? That's true. <laughs> That's, they make, their, uh, make their one look better. Yeah, it was uh, – I, I was telling somebody coming out of the press box, what I love about this job is I frequently said, like, every day you could go and you could see something you've never seen before. And I feel like I did. I feel like <laughs> a couple weeks ago after the K-State game, I said, I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen us just get beat on every oh. side of the ball. This week, I've never seen us – beat ourselves more ever in a single game ever i've never seen anybody beat themselves more i i mean i i I truly i can't think of a football game i've ever watched that i felt like the team that lost had it won as many times as i felt like i mean i barely looked at mevis's kick because i just assumed it was good I had my shaker. I'm at home. I have those shakers, those pom-pom shakers. And of course, I'm just at home by myself, you know, just being weird or whatever. (laughs) And I'm like getting ready, like to celebrate whatever. And he misses it. And I just like slunch back and I just chuck it across the room. I'm so mad at this point. (sighs) If you can't trust your All-American kicker, who can you trust on this team? He was was 90 for 90 inside of 31 yards before that kick. Like that's just I think that makes it worse. It does make it worse. And and yeah. I think I, I saw them uh, Gabe, I saw you talking about some people uh with this at the at the end of the game about the play calling. There's a lot of places we can go with this, right? We could go chronologically, but I think it most makes logical the most sense to start right, right here. Um, well, well nothing matters in that game until the last five minutes. Right. The, the, f- the rest of the game didn't even matter. Really, all it was till that point was punts anyway. So, you know. The third quarter was the most awful football I've ever watched. Oh, it's hideous. Look, I want to be clear. Auburn's a bad football team. Like, Auburn yeah. is a very bad football team. Missouri is a bad there, football team, too. Um, but the the was- difference is Auburn is a bad football team that I'm not sure cares. <laughs> right. You know, yes. Missouri... Like, there was every reason for Missouri to care about that. No, that's a mean to say, because I'm sure the players on Auburn want to win. I'm sure they're not thinking, well, I don't care. Coach is gone. We're not going to try. But the attitude around the program is, well, the only difference here is, does he get fired in this Sunday or two Sundays from now? That's an Um, an Auburn program that had had a motivation to lose, essentially. If they lose, their coach gets fired. They had motivation to lose, and Missouri still lost. There were absolutely Auburn fans who were bummed out they won. Yes. No question. This was so frustrating. Well, they also know they didn't win the game. They know Missouri lost the game. So, I mean, a lot of them on Twitter were being but, actually pretty... But I think, I think more games are lost than are won. Fair. Like, I, I think more games you look at and say, well, the, the losing team messed up this and this and this, then you do just, man, the, the winning team just made a bunch of great plays. In competitive games, for sure. This upcoming weekend, I don't think that's going to be the case. But I mean, <laughs> most most usually, yes, that is probably true. 
yeah, we're not going to talk about Georgia all that much. So if you if you yeah. tuned into this podcast wanting a Georgia X's and O's breakdown of what Mizzou can do to beat Georgia, this is not the podcast for you. We're not going to talk about right. that. We we yeah, that's injuries. Thanks for the and, stream. Thanks for the stream at this point. You can probably yeah, appreciate that. Through. Appreciate that. You can go ahead and close this out. We we, we appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, but no, I think. What I was going to say before I kind of got off on of like, I don't know where to start. This is where we're going to start is at the field goal. They get the big play. When they centered it up, I got like a sinking feeling in my stomach. I know, I, I knew, I know that I know that uh, Harrison Mevis is a stud. And I know that he is consistent with all, all get out as consistent as any college kicker gets, right? But just something about centering it up and taking a knee with 40 seconds left did not sit right with me. But you understand it's the right play. I do. I it's do get the that. right thing to do. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Bears did it yesterday and won. Uh, for a Missouri example, somebody brought up on our board, Gary Pinkle did it against KU in 2009, and, yeah. and he won. It is because what would you guys say? What are the percentages? Missouri's first and goal with the three or the five or wherever they were. If they run offense, what percentage likelihood do you give it that they score a touchdown? On a first down? Eight on any down on the first three play three plays from the five yard line. What are the percentage chances they score a touchdown? It's not one hundred, right? No, it's not. Yeah, it's not one hundred. Eighty, eighty five, seventy five, yeah, somewhere like that. around there, maybe. Yeah. What are the chances that your kicker, who has never ever missed a twenty six yard field goal, makes a twenty six yard field goal? Like ninety nine percent. Yeah. He went with the numbers. He did the right thing, and it burned him. You know, it, it's like the it's like in basketball, blaming the coach for drawing up the wrong play. Well, he drew open drew up a wide open shot for his best shooter, and his best shooter missed the shot. W- what do you do, man? It's not his fault. Yeah. And, and, it's and I'm t- not absolving him of all blame. Just that particular that's, sequence. That's fair. It's it's tough too because you look at that situation and everyone's like. Like in the moment, I was like, "Oh, perfect. We'll just we'll win by three. It'll be great. I don't care. We're getting the W." And then you like sit back and think about it, and you're like, "Well, we could have just given Luther Burden the ball in the Wildcat. Like that's what people are waiting for. Like, was that even an option? Was it a thought? I think he wasn't that, on the field. Yeah, he wasn't on the field. He was not on the field on that drive. Mm-hmm. So, but but here's. How many times have you watched a football game and your team is the one driving in a tie game or behind or whatever, and the first thing you think is don't score too fast, right? Yeah. I, because I, thought I almost always would rather be the team on defense or, or, or on offense behind by three than on defense ahead by three because offenses are so good, they're probably scoring. And in a tie game, you're driving with the ball if I'm Auburn, if Missouri runs a play on first down, I let them in the end zone. I just let them score and go take my chances. Um, and if you're Missouri, you know, if somebody scores, I let's say they score on first down. There's a minute five left. I know Auburn sucked on offense, and they probably wouldn't have gone and scored. But what if you get a penalty on the kickoff? What if the return man gets to midfield? What if one guy misses a tackle? Um, there's a yeah. lot more ways you can lose by scoring a touchdown there than there are by literally there's zero way you can lose if Harrison Mevis win, makes the field goal. Game's over. You mm-hmm. won. It, it was the right play that didn't work out. Yeah, that makes me feel a little bit better about it because I was just like, man, you got to give your athletes a chance to win the game. I understand Harrison Mevis 
He wasn't all American, correct? Like that, that he was. He's the best player on Missouri's football team. He is. He they let the best player uh, try to win the game for him. I saw what he was like on the TV broadcast. He was trying to like explain what was happening. Did he feel pressure from one side and try to overcomplicate or overcompensate for it, or um, just a? I just remember watching that ball go and just thinking that's never had a chance. Like it never really had a chance to make it, which I was, which was befuddled me. The weird thing though, I look, it was opposite end. I can't tell. I mean, we're 180 yards from that. I have no idea if it's good or not, but you guys saw the TV broadcast. Mevis appeared to think he made it. He did. Like, did you guys think it was good? No, I never thought it was good. No. (laughs) No. Okay. Yeah. No. But I didn't notice that he thought he would have made it. Here's a question for me, and obviously that's on Mavis. Mavis missing that that kick is is on. Just snap looked fine, it, hold looked fine. Exactly. Yeah. Is it on the coach for not? And I know that he's done this, but this is still a question, and it was brought up. Is it on the coach for not making Mavis take practice kicks? As because, I understand it, that's his. That's been his routine. But is I, that and, o- is that okay though? Because it's been I, okay for two years. Yeah, but I feel you know? like every every field and every weather situation and everything is different. Like, how can you just like go into it and be like, I'm going to do it the same every day? Can you do but that? But I mean, like he warmed up before the game. It's not okay. like he wasn't, you know, I, I was standing on the sideline watching him kick into a net before the game. It's not like he just walked out there and that was his first kick. Um And, you know, I mean, he's made a 56-yard field goal to send the game to overtime. He's, yeah. he's made a 40 seven yard field goal to win a game. He just, and I know we think they're robots, especially the really good ones, but they're slumps, man. They're human beings. And I don't know if Mevis is in a slump yet, but if he misses one this week, you know, it's officially time to start talking about, Oh, maybe. He's earned the right to take that kick. Um, especially with his, with his track record. So, um, I, I wasn't uh, so I was upset he mi- missed the kick, obviously, but it wasn't the end of the world, right? Because the game was tied. So I thought, okay, fine, game's tied. Uh, I think I I, th- I think we'll be all right. We're, we're gonna I go had optimism too. I, I was optimistic we'll we were going to win I, the game even after that. I assumed it was going to two point conversions because I didn't think there was any chance either offense could go twenty five yards. Like I, I'm not exaggerating. I didn't think either of those offenses could score from the twenty five. Which is fair if you <laughs> watch that third <laughs> quarter. Really, you know, all the scoring happened, what, in the first was it the first two quarters, right? Because mm-hmm. it was 14 yeah. points. It was 14, 14 first, at half. 14. Yes, that's right. Okay. Golly, that second half was not memorable <laughs> at all. Um, but, yes, so the, the, the first position for Auburn, I felt really good about the defense. Obviously, Gabe, you brought up mm-hmm. earlier. Pick taken up off of, off of review. I think that's the right call. Right. I think it's, it's the right call. It's very I, close. I, yeah, I, I think it's the right call. But live, obviously, I mean, the, the thing going with Missouri was, hey, they called it a pick on the field, right? Yes. It was Because there was a play there. I think there was an Auburn interception earlier, maybe, where they called it an interception. And like I saw the replay and said, I don't know if that's an interception, but I don't see anything that can clearly tell me it isn't. So. Yeah. And that's a thing that's going to come back. I think that probably comes back and bites Mizzou here later is what they called on the field. But um, not only do they get that stop, they get the interception taken off. They get a, that was on third down, right? So they had the fourth mm-hmm. down, uh, the very next play, they jump off sides on a kick that was poorly hit. It was a bad for kick. the second time. 
<laughs> yes, it, it was bad. Um, then Mizzou would have got the ball. They could have had a field goal to win it. Harris Smith was going to redeem himself. Um, nope. They get uh, they get another field goal. They get another shot at it. Split the uprights on that one. That one was nothing but good uh, on the on the second kick. Missouri gets the ball, and their offense is cooking. Uh, they looked. I was like, oh, where was this at? I think I said that to, to BJ Kissel. Uh, they ran. Was it the second play? I mean, play it was that, the second play, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah well, the first, play, it was the first down. play, the first play I was surprised by, right? Because they actually did something positive. And I was like, whoa. Um, <laughs> so you my mental state. The second play is a, a play that I think we're going to probably talk about for a while. Um, and I honestly, I feel very bad for Nate Pete. Yes. I do. Um, I, I cannot fathom that feeling of having the game won, being that close, but being so far at the same time. Uh, that put a pit in my stomach uh, as, a, as a fan, but if you don't know, and you're listening to this podcast, Nate Pete breaks, breaks a run down the sideline. Good run by Nate. Uh, great play. Mm-hmm. He has not necessarily a free run to the end zone, but could probably get into the end zone if he lowers his shoulder, decides to switch hands with, uh, switch hands with the ball to stick it out through the pylon, fumbles the ball on the switch, goes into the end zone, and is recovered by by uh, by Auburn. And that was a touchback, obviously. they Auburn wins the game because they kicked the field goal. Missouri uh, didn't get any points on it. Uh, do you think, Gabe, I want to ask you this first. Do you think if that was called a touchdown on the field, that stands? It just was so clearly not a touchdown. <laughs> like, I knew live he wasn't yeah. in the end zone. Um, right. and, and, and the first time I watched it, I thought, I thought he thought he was across the line and he dropped the ball. You know, I, I thought he did the, cause we've seen dudes do that. Ugh. Will Franklin did it at Texas A&M years ago, yeah. dropped the ball on the one. And it's never made any sense to me why anybody would ever do that when you're like, take three steps and then drop the ball. And I thought, oh my God, he thought he was in and he dropped the ball. Like that was his celebration. Right. But I don't think that's what happened. I think it just slipped. Um, and you feel like it, we were waiting to do interviews and I saw it, Nate was outside the locker room. And I mean, the kid was, he was crushed, you know, yeah. and that's all that, that needs to be said about it. Um, And one of my things, and I know we're going to talk about social media more in this show, but like, I didn't see a bunch of people killing Nate on social media. Saw a bunch of people kind of killing Harrison me this, um, which yeah. Two weeks ago, you thought it was pretty cool that you had a kicker that could play offensive guard. <laughs> now, now you're insulting the kid for the same thing. Let's let's right. back off that. But like, I promise you, Nate Pete had a worse Saturday night than any Missouri fan. And if and if he didn't, then that says then you gotta you gotta reorganize your priorities because that kid was devastated um, outside the locker room. And like, I, I think I, this is where I wish we would get more access to these kids. Nate Pete is a kid from Columbia who voluntarily gave up a Stanford degree to come play football at the University of Missouri. And I promise he's just thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to win this game. I'm going to win this game for my hometown team, and this is going to be awesome. And he's just, I know you're not supposed to do it, but how many guys have we seen do it? I mean, every week in the NFL, there are guys that score that way. And you talk about what a great look at what a great play he made, man. He was going to be out at the three yard. I mean, Damian Williams won my team a Super Bowl by making that play, you know, like and nobody said he shouldn't have done it. Everybody said, what a great play. Bad luck. I it just 
you know, I, I talked to a former coach last night and he said, at some point you just go, we just wasn't supposed to win that game. Like, yeah. like I, we just were, we were supposed to lose. That's how it was supposed to happen. I think they call it Auburn voodoo magic is what a lot of the There's Alabama fans were saying. To me, there, right? They were saying like Auburn Jesus or something like that. But I agree with you. And did I have a little bit of whatever towards Pete when it happened? Of course I did. Cause I'm a fan. And that's just the way that in the moment, like that's how you feel. You're not immediately like, Oh my gosh, poor him. Like you're like, poor me. <laughs> like I have to live with this. But I mean, he had, he rushed for over for 120 yards. In that game, I mean, he—he he was the best offensive player on the field, I think. Well, maybe yeah. Dom love it, but yeah. yeah, I completely agree. You you do feel for him, and after your your you know emotions kind of come down a little bit, I just kept thinking to myself, we shouldn't even have put him in that situation. We should have made the field goal and not went to overtime and won the game, and he shouldn't even be feeling this way. And <laughs> so I got a little bit more rational as it went. I still, I hate putting blame on anybody, but I mean, Nevis just missed the kick. And I know a lot of people were, are still hating a little bit on Brady Cook. And I'm not saying Brady Cook had the best game of his life, but Brady Cook put his team in a position to win that game. His kicker I mean, there the are, kick. The thing about a one possession game is the play we remember is the last play. And look, it did figure into losing the game. There's no question. There's nothing mean about saying that. It did. Right. Um, but... I honestly think the worst one is jumping off sides on the field goal. Yeah. Like, Mevis missed. Hey, guys miss sometimes. They, they, you know, but the offsides, it was the second time they did it. The first one didn't hurt him because Auburn's kicker is very poor. Mm -hmm. um, he's he's not good at kicking, really. Um, so tough. <laughs> but then you do it again. And by the way, we're not talking about a Connor would hold 10 yards behind a play that took Missouri out of field goal range in regulation. I mean, it's the same. They are, I think 121st in the country in penalty yards per game. And that you can blame the coach for. And I feel like we have been in every single episode yeah. that we've been, because I've said penalties. I even wrote it down on my paper. I'm like penalties, 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 the entire it's embarrassing. Every single time I'm like, oh, hold, oh, offsides. Anytime we have a good play, it feels not, it's not every time, but it feels that way because they're always on plays that matter. And that yeah. play mattered and there was no discipline. And I've, I've, I use the word discipline on Twitter probably 70 times on, yeah. <laughs> on Saturday, but that was a big thing. And I, I kind of want to go back to the Pete, to what Pete did. And I know, you know, he reached the ball over, he wanted to score. I don't think he was showboating and I may have felt that in the moment until you kind of rewatched it, but I don't know. I just, you're, you're not supposed to do it. They tell you not, not to do it. And, mm -hmm. and the, the, um, the commentators for the game against Abilene Christian last week talked about ball security with Mizzou and how our running back or not our running backs, our wide receivers were, running with the ball, not tug, doing all this stuff. They were talking about ball security on the broadcast. Yeah. So at some point as well, I blamed coaching a little bit on that because I'm like, is this happening just regularly where, because we're, it's being, it's routine at this point. You're seeing it a lot. I mean, KJ Jefferson did the same thing for Arkansas, yeah. um, you know, and actually did it from much further away. And uh, 
somebody was telling me that Sam Pittman said after the game, look, we tell him not to do it all the time. Like we, we work yeah. on that. We tell him not to do it. And he said, but if they did everything we told them to do, we would win every game. You know <laughs> I mean? Like, and that goes That's back true. to, they're not, they're not robots, right? You right. can, you can drop the play. You can tell them what to do. And sometimes they hold and sometimes they die for the pylon and, and don't, don't make it. Um, Cause they're 20 year old kids. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was, I, the the reaction in the press box, even when that happened, like I've never quite been around a play because, you know, we're supposed to just, hey, no reaction and all that. Right. But I mean, the Mevis miss and the Pete thing, there were like audible. Oh, my God. I mean, one yeah. of them might have been me. I, I was you just stunned. Two things that were defied the um, defied the impossible. I think that was kind of for me, especially towards the end of that game, I wasn't necessarily, I was trying to think back to my emotions. I don't even think I thought about like it being Nate Pete. I just thought about like, Oh my gosh, like that individual thing actually happened. And I just thought it was unbelievable. Then I, I, I tweeted like absolutely unbelievable or something like that. And every Missouri fan was like, is it really though? Cause we're like cursed and like, <laughs> well, like right. we're bad. We're so- the worst team. Like we got the bad luck. And I'm just like, well, yeah, it is still unbelievable though. Right. Well, well, that's what I said. I said something about like, I can't believe what I just saw. And somebody said, really, you can't. And I said, he said, that's what I was expecting. I said, no, if you went to the game expecting that, like there's nobody expects that. Not, you might have expected. Right. You might have expected him to get kicked in the nuts and lose, but not like that. Twice. Not like that twice. Right. No, no right. chance anybody would have made that bet. If that was a, <laughs> that was a bet, no one would have done that. Missouri uh, not only has a knack for losing, but uh, losing embarrassingly. Um, and it's I, it's uncanny. Painfully. I, I, I would say painfully. But yeah. it, like I had this, because I kind of hate to do it. It's such an easy crutch to lean on, right? But you immediately connect it to all the other, what the, I, I don't know. I tweeted them all. You know. I, well, I didn't tweet yeah. them all. I tweeted, so, I tweeted the fifth down, the boink in the South Carolina game, the untimed down in the Kentucky game in this. <laughs> okay. I, I, like, Ow. I referenced in my story, the fifth down, the kick and catch in the Ty Sedney. Um, and to me, like this one was less painful than those three, because those three were against teams that won titles. Like, I mean, right. big games, right? This was a crap game at 11 AM against, but for 12th place in the sec, if we're being quite honest, the yeah. game itself didn't really mean anything, but just in terms of, Oh my God, how did they lose like that? Like that literally might be at the top of the list. I mean, because Colorado, the fifth down, like that's just, that's out of, that's not their mistake. Mm-hmm. The kicked ball, I've always said, like, I almost just give Shevin Wiggins credit. Like, way to go, man. That's a hell of a play, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it, the the Tyus Edney thing, like, it was painful, but, like, we've seen that before. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like Saturday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No. Um, I, I think we've spent now 25 minutes talking about this game. Been therapeutic. Um, for me personally, to just kind of get this off a uh, chest, but I want to, I don't want to talk about this, but we have to, okay? Okay, guys, we have to talk about it. Because uh, we live in 2022, the year of our Lord, and everything is on social media. Everything depends on what these players post on social media. Luther Burton. Or don't post. Or, or don't post. <laughs> or Luther Burton didn't particularly, did not have the best of days, um, the most of targets. I have some stats I want to read off about Luther Burden uh, in a little bit, but um, he has deleted everything out of his Instagram. Uh, is it every picture or every Mizzou picture? It's every. every photo. Deleted everything, took Mizzou out of the bio as well, then posted patiently waiting, right, with a black screen and just text on um, on his Instagram story. Um Man, and the speculation has run wild. Let me tell you, I've got friends that are Kansas fans, uh, Nebraska fans, KU fans, um, you know, Purdue fans. I don't know, threw Purdue out there, but uh, they're not getting Luther Burden. Who are just like, oh, we told you. We told you Luther Burden was going to transfer. Um, before you hit skip on this podcast, you can't transfer until the end of the year, um, officially. Correct. But uh, that doesn't mean he won't play. So here's the thing. We talked about this a little bit before the show, right? And I think this is where this can actually be a pretty entertaining podcast because like you guys bring the perspective of fans to it, right? Mm -hmm. And like we talked about before this show started, I'm going to be the one that tries to say it's not as good as you think and it's not as bad as you think, right? Um, So I, I think it'll be good to have two different perspectives, but... The, the one thing that is social media is all about getting attention, right? And everybody yeah. says, well, they're just attention. Everybody's an attention whore. I know 75-year-old men who are attention whores on Facebook because whether it's pictures of your grandchildren to say, look, tell me how cool they are or videos of you lifting weights, way to go, you went to the gym, or hey, I cooked these eggs. What That's all social yeah. media is, is, is an attempt to get people to pay attention to you and usually to tell you how much they love you. So while everyone is calling, whether it's Luther or, by the way, we went through this with Tyler Beatty every year. We yeah. went through this with Xavier Pinson every week. Tucker, you guys went through it with with Tyron Matthew every seven hours, right? And he's a grown man. Um, I, I mean, yes. Are they posting it to get attention? 100%. And you know why? Because they get the 
freaking attention. Like it works. Um, yes. and, and now I, Luther is, and maybe he's not, maybe I'm giving him too little credit here, but like, there's a decent chance he's sitting in his apartment, just scrolling through tr- Twitter going, man, this wild, all this, all this stuff these people are saying, right? We don't know. No, and I had, like, I, I was talking about him in uh, an SEC group chat, and, you know, there were Kentucky fans, I mean, a ton of Kentucky fans, just like, hey, if any wide receivers are looking for a role that they're going to get the ball, looking at you, Luther Burden, and, and they're all, like, oh, yeah. tagging him and tweet after tweet after tweet. And, yes, it's a moment from people you may have not gotten attention from, and you know what he probably got from it? Follows. Tons of yeah. follows, I would bet. So I mean, yeah. do you have to take it seriously? Probably. Do you need to freak out? You right kind of do. No, I yeah, I would take it seriously, but I wouldn't freak out. I wouldn't freak out right. yet. I mean, There's... I got you know, the this talk started after the Kansas State game too, right? How mm-hmm. many people? I I I had thirty people say, "Well, is Luther going to transfer?" I'm like, "Well, I don't know, man. It's like the second game of the game year. Two. Yeah, I assume not. You know, but so at, so Sunday morning when I was in the Atlanta airport, I or actually in the Chicago airport, I've reached out to somebody I know that knows Luther. And I just said, look, people are freaking out. What can you tell me that I can tell them? And he said, there's been, he hasn't mentioned leaving Missouri. There's no talk of transferring. So look, is that the truth? I don't know, but at least I, Hey, I had to try. And like somebody on our board was like, geez, you, you, you've reached out based on internet rumors. The one time you don't is when it's true. Right. I mean, this is and this is what in my position pisses me off about the all the trolling is like everybody that puts something out there like yes we check all that out we have to mm-hmm. like now there are sometimes you know that it's complete crap but everybody's a reporter right the the liquor store lady broke the the Patrick Mahomes extension like yep. things like that happen there have been a number of stories that we ended up breaking because the first time I saw anything about it was on our message board you know, so you have to check into it. I don't know. I mean, he can't enter the portal for eight weeks. And is there a chance he will? Yes, there's a chance literally every player on every team in America will. And by the way, he had zero yards on Saturday. And that's kind of, that is a thing. It's a very big thing, especially if you come uh, to your your flagship institution wanting to be the the basically the person the offense runs through. Through four games, I went went and wrote this down. Through four games, he's had 10 receptions, 78 yards and a touchdown, seven carries, 40 yards and a touchdown. That's from Mizzou's official stats. Um, That means he's averaging two and a half catches a game. So round that down to two. Um, Now do the the stats against real teams. Well. I can tell you. (laughs) Well, the zero? It's a catch for three yards and a run for six yards. Yeah. And the, yeah. Ooh, that's not good. So I, I I put this in my notes as well to kind of talk about. Do we think, though, that Luther Burden is drawing the type of attention to him that we talked about doing that could possibly get Lovett or Cooper more open? Is that because I oh. get we don't really I'd rather use him as a playmaker. But if he's getting if we're if Lovett's the number one receiver right now in the SEC. Is he the number one receiver in the SEC if we don't have Luther Burden? I don't know, but it's I possible. would listen. But I would listen to that if Missouri's offense was good, but it's not. Yeah. 
they've scored in effect 20 points against power five teams. Cause I still won't, I, I refuse to count the last six against K state. So what I, I don't care how many yards Dominic Lovett has because the offense doesn't have enough yards. And I don't care how much attention he gets. There are ways to get a guy, the ball, right? I mean, right. you can't cover the, just rise up and throw the, the immediate screen. You can't cover the goes in motion and gets the pop pass or the jet sweep handoff. I mean, you can get him the ball and I I know it's unpopular, but you got to acknowledge Luther has a part in this too. I mean, because he ran a 40 yard pattern down the sideline and Brady cooked through a back shoulder ball and it wasn't perfect, but it could have been caught and it wasn't the same pass was caught by Dominic Lovett. So how often is Luther getting open? He's, I, I promise he leads the team in drops. I don't have it in front of me, but I promise he does. He's had at least three or four. Agree. So the there is responsibility on both ends, but ultimately they he can't end a game without touching the football against a, an SEC team. That that can't happen. I think that that's the that's the straw that might break the back, right? Uh, straw that might break the camel's back. If you look at it, he's I mean, Mizzou's offense is averaging 394 yards per game. Granted, this against two legit teams, two cupcakes. Burton has only accounted for 7.6 percent of this offense. And if I would have told you heading into this year that through four games, Luther Burton would have only been accounting for about seven percent of the offense, you'd have been like, okay, well, who? What's going on? Is he, did he get hurt? Uh, right. What well, did something happen? And that's a thing we have to talk about. Yeah. Like, did they did they bring that up on the broadcast at all? Um, they talked about him being. They talked about him being on the sidelines and looked like he got a little shaked up or shook up. Be- and he was on the sideline for a lot of those um, possessions because he got shook up in the Abilene Christian game. You remember he right. was out for about a quarter mm-hmm. and a half, came back and played, and so it wasn't a huge deal. But we did ask about it after the game, and Drinkwood said something about an ankle. But he came back and played. So that tells me he's, if you're healthy enough to be on the field, you're healthy enough to get the football. So he only played 28 snaps against Auburn, which was the lowest of the five wide receivers that played. Uh, I, somebody who was at the game on our board posted that he was in and out of the injury tent all day and they were spraying stuff on his calf or ankle or something. Mm-hmm. So he is not 100%. Now, I know I'm almost sure Eli Drinkwitz will not do this because it's not what coaches do. And it's definitely not what he does. If Luther is banged up and that is any part of the explanation for why he doesn't get the ball, Eli should tell everyone that tomorrow. Yeah. He should just say, look, he's, we're trying to play. He's trying to play through it, but he's not healthy and that people might freak out and they'll say, well, then maybe Georgia will target him. That's better than having RG three, on national television saying, what in the world is Eli Drinkwitz doing? Like, mm-hmm. at least there might be a reason for it. Because you know who listens to RG3 more than they listen to us or anything like that? Is the other five-star recruits out there that are looking and going, why is Luther Burden got 118 yards of offense this year? Why did he return his first punt for a touchdown and now he's kind of not even really doing it? Yeah, I think that that's what's been so so weird about this season too i mean you talk about talk about the injuries and everything and and uh, do we get an injury update on um zeke powell that left the game um no but i i he i think it's significant um, i think so and chad bailey off the field, but. 
yeah, Chad Bailey had a sling on after the game, and we, we'll maybe find out more about those things tomorrow. Maybe not. Um, but again, this wouldn't be a big deal if Missouri was four and zero or even three and one, and they were putting up points. This would not be yeah. that big a story. But I, I don't know. Do you guys remember the preseason show we did where we we're like, "Yo, you might have some expectations that you need to check here because he's a true freshman." Here's yeah. another thing too. It's not easy. I understand that he's, you know, he is probably upset that he has, regardless if he's injured or not, probably upset he's not getting the ball. But at the same time, there is no way that when he chose to sign with the University of Missouri, that he was immediately like coming in as a freshman, we're killing it. We're winning eight, nine games. We're doing this and that. And I know that he said he wanted to win and like his goal was to come and win and win a national title. I think win a Heisman. I get that. But at the same time, like that's like a lot of Mizzou fans, irrational thinking. <laughs> I mean, right. is, is it something you would love to see? Of course it is. Is it something a lot of us bought into? Of course it is. But you did not come to the University of Missouri thinking that you're going to be Georgia in in your freshman year. There's just no way that you did. You also didn't come to the University of Missouri thinking, yeah, my first SEC game, I probably won't touch the ball. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, it just like, and this is, again, if he is at Georgia and that happens, nobody talks about it because there's four other dudes like it, right? It's not a story. It's a story here because he's the first five star in 10 years. And I like it. We're guilty of it too. I mean, look, we streamed his announcement and made a huge deal out of him. We, we made money off of him committing. I'm, I'm not, that's, uh, there's no point in hiding that. Yeah. But also, like, this is a, he's one guy. He's one guy. The goal, and, and again, had they the goal is to win games, and if they'd won games, to me, I'm going. I don't care if Luther Burden touched the ball. The problem is the combination of not winning games and looking terrible on offense, and him not touching the ball. Yeah, that's the legitimate worst case scenario. I think that we could have talked about at the beginning of this season, going to this year, is losing games, losing them badly, offense looking bad, Luther not getting the ball. And I, I brought this up prior to the podcast, but I. I think it's a point worth talking about especially when we're talking about luther burden transferring i, I also brought up you know sam horn's success being directly tied to Drinkwitz's job and then i know i still think Drinkwitz does have another year i want that to be clear but if luther burden leaves does Drinkwitz is Drinkwitz gone like that's something i i think about it because that was a big guy for Drinkwitz. i don't know if if that means if he's gone you got to try to get somebody else in there i don't know i really don't know it would it would be a bad sign but there you would have to know what's going on right i mean yeah. th- there has to be more to it than just hey this can't be the nba where the wide receiver can say you know fire the coach or or whatever right. and i'm not saying i don't want to that would that wouldn't be the conversation obviously but i i don't think it's as simple as if he would lose but it would be like uh if you're doing the little pro con list like it, mm-hmm. it would go in the con department certainly <laughs> well a lot of people were asking on twitter about who we would even who we would want as a coach saying people came in and i'm like i don't even want to think about that to be perfectly honest with you because that's worst case scenario and i'm trying my best to get out of what happened on saturday and like push forward 
it's hard because it's hard knowing that now instead of having to steal one game uh, from a com- like to make a bowl game, we have to steal, you know, well, we have to beat Vanderbilt first off. And then we have to steal, you know, two games. Two. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. I mean, I mean, we talked before the season. I think everybody talked before the season. If you lose K-State and Auburn, I can't draw a path to six and six. No. I, I, and it's even harder now because it's not just that they've lost. They're worse than I thought they would be. They're just, they're just not as good a team as I thought they would be. Um, and so, like, I picked them to win at South Carolina. I don't know if I believe that anymore. They might. But, yeah, I mean, you've got to get Vandy, South Carolina, and New Mexico State. And then you've still got to win one. Now, like, look, Auburn is the 12th best team in the SEC. They're not good. Right. And so now you've got to be arkansas or tennessee or kentucky or florida and you're gonna be double digit underdogs i bet in all of those games yeah at least and i think i was talking to somebody who was like looking at the schedule now we had the conversation actually in the in the group chat um on sunday it was like looking at the schedule how many how many more winnable games are there and i said one i I really think that vanderbilt game is going to be a rock fight Maybe that's me going full pessimist. Um, but Vanderbilt hasn't looked like Vanderbilt in years past. I mean, they look like a better Vandy team. Um, and that's just not just basing it off of the Hawaii game, which Hawaii is a wreck of a program. But um, yes. I, it's it's hard for me to be optimistic about a whole lot after that game. Um, yeah. When it comes to Luther, when it comes to Coach Drinkwitz, when it comes to recruiting when it comes to the play on the field it's really it's that that really took a lot i went the i went the optimistic route last week i picked him to win the game i picked him to win a 16 10 game in auburn the first time at auburn i picked him to win it i could i can't i can't do that to myself anymore again it just goes back to we said after k-state had you been competitive or won at k-state then auburn is a little more house money situation Right. But they put themselves in a position where it had to be a win. Not not close, not well-played, not competitive. They had to win that game. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it. And, you know, like, I don't think the discussion of firing Drinkwitz this year is worth having. But what I said about that game was the same thing I said about the 2018 game against Kentucky for Barry Odom, which is when he eventually gets fired. And that's not breaking news. Like most of them do, right? That's probably what's going to end up happening at Uh some point, whether it's next year or next month or 12 years from now, at some point he's probably getting fired. And when he does like, that's one of the days you're going to look at. And the crazy part is it wasn't his fault. Like, I mean, I I hold the bad start against him because that's kind of a theme with these teams on the road, but I mean, he didn't, dropped the ball and he didn't miss the kick. And, you know, so like kind of with Barry Odom, you were talking about that game. I mean, it was a bad call. And if that call is made right, I don't think Barry Odom gets fired after the next season. And that's what these, that's what these multi-million dollar a year jobs are relying on. They're relying on don't make a terrible pass interference call. Get three feet further before the ball slips out of your hands, right? That's what these jobs come down to. And that's why these coaches are so maniacal about it. Well, that's just kind of, it was one of the things you, you were saying that it's not Drink's fault. And obviously there's things that he could have done differently or whatever in the game. And that's every single game that we've watched so far this year. But these players that are mad 
and rightfully so like they all want to win but they got to look in the mirror at the same time too like they they can all sit here and be like we're going to transfer or do whatever i know a lot of them were especially the defensive players i know a lot of them were upset and they probably should should have been sure. although although they did the, they did the offsides if, about if you're not upset you shouldn't play right uh, right but don't sit here and blame it on you can't blame the entire thing on it being the university of missouri when you're playing the games you know what i mean it's you kind of have I mean, to, I mean yeah. I never blame I, I, when I was in high school, I, my teams were horrible. I never blame my coach for that. We were, we were just horrible. <laughs> like it was our fault. I mean, I, I didn't see any of that. I mean, frankly, Brady Cook sat up there after the game and said, Blame me. I'll take it. You know, and hey, that's what a starting quarterback should do. I I mean, yeah, Brady shares some blame in that. I don't think he's he would be the number one player that people would say that's why they lost or anything, but I I think I I maybe I missed stuff on social media that you're talking about. I don't know, but I, I didn't really see, I haven't seen much finger pointing or, or any of that from Missouri's players at this point. No, we'll, we'll see if things really go south, what happens. <laughs> right. But if they take a loss to Vandy. That might be a different problem. That's a, that's an <laughs> optics issue. Uh, losing to Vanderbilt is not a good look. See, I think that's too about the Auburn game. Is it like to a lot of casuals, Auburn's still Auburn, right? You beat Auburn. Like, Oh, that's a name you beat. Um, you you beat Vandy. They're like, oh yeah, you're supposed to beat Vandy. They don't know that it'll this will be a rock fight, and these two teams are going to try to punch away at a wet paper sack. Essentially, <laughs> um, that game's not going to be fun. Okay, let's um, anything else before we uh, if we before we talk about Georgia a little bit, um, a little bit if you think they're going to cover <laughs> in the first half. In the first half, yeah, first half first half cover. Let's see if I can find that line real quick. Um, no, I think we we did say this was going to be a shorter podcast when we stopped on, and it's been 45 minutes where we spent just uh, going in on that game, and which is, listen, needed for me because I needed to kind of vent some of that stuff out of just like, that, that game was frustrating, and it's 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 the miss, it's just so unfortunate, right? And I feel like it's one of the things, too, is that like, there's so many things that went wrong. It, it, obviously, as you can tell by the beginning of this podcast, I didn't know where to start. I was just like, well, like this went wrong, and then this went wrong, and then this went wrong. So, like, a series of unfortunate events is exactly what I called it. Genuinely, what and it was. Someone else sent it yeah. to me as well. And I'm like, yes, that's what it was. It was a series of unfortunate events. Okay. Georgia's favored by 28 points. Uh, how fast do you think Georgia covers this? Well, okay, so here's the yeah, here's the thing. If they turn the ball over four times like they did against Kent State, we might make it to the third quarter. <laughs> um yeah, but man, I just don't see us scoring. And Brock Bowers is a stud. I, yeah, he's a and that's one thing too, is even if Luther Burden maybe would have went to Georgia, I don't know if he'd be touching the ball that much there either. I mean, Brock Bowers had what did I even put? He had two carries for 77 yards and five catches for 66 yards. He's a tight end and he had a 75 yard touchdown run. He's in, yeah, it's insane. And he 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 wrote or he was like interviewed after the game and he goes, They call me a tight end, but I just line up wherever they tell me to go. Yeah. <laughs> he can literally do anything. So I think stopping him is uh, gonna be a feat. And uh, I think our kid's... defense played decent, but I don't know if they're gonna play that well. I think that Kent State game is actually a problem for Missouri because I promise you Kirby <laughs> Smart has his team at practice going, you guys think you're good enough to just roll the helmets out and beat anybody. 
This is the SEC. That's the SEC team over there. He is going to kick their asses for five straight days, and they're going to come. Like, I expect I expect an A game out of Georgia on Sunday or Saturday. Saturday. And if Georgia plays an A game, I don't think there's anybody in the country who can beat them. A lot of those Georgia Bulldogs that are going to be playing on Sundays. Uh, I don't know if you can say that about this Missouri Tigers team. If they got a lot of guys that will play on there's Sunday. A few. There's they a will. Few. There's some dude. We got some dudes. Um, the first half line is minus 17 for Georgia. Um, so 17 point first half line. Tucker can be driving over to Lenexa Saturday morning, <laughs> putting it all on the dogs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, I have Mizzou money line in that game too. As you could tell by my tweet where I was saying like, Hey, Mizzou money line kind of looks a little bit good in this game. Cause Auburn's a bad football team. And I got absolutely obliterated for defending and wanting to cheer for my favorite football team. Odd times on Twitter.com. Yeah. But um yeah, I almost had a almost had a good payday there. Didn't happen. I, I think this is oddly a good team for Missouri to be playing coming off that game. Though like they're not gonna win. Don't give me no. Wrong. But I mean, if I'm Eli Drinkwitz, I'm just telling my team, like, why not us, guys? Like weird stuff happens every week. You know, Georgia's not it, you're not playing the Buccaneers here. You never know on, on any given day, weird things happen. Like they got nothing to lose. They go out and lose. I mean, I mean, they lost to this team 43-6 last year, and Missouri fans came out saying, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> we I, covered. Like, we covered like, last well, I got, Yeah, I, I'm optimistic about the future of the program after watching that. So, I mean, the bar is very low to feel good about yourself on well, Saturday. And Sunday. we've seen really weird things against Georgia teams, and I'm not saying they're the best Georgia teams we've ever played, but I think one year we lost 9-6. to six. One year we yeah, lost – that was awful. Game. But one year we lost to them and they dropped the ball before the goal line and they still called it a touchdown. It wasn't called, right? And then they there was a weird field goal that we kicked and they said we didn't make it, but I think we actually did make it. And then there was the um they didn't blow the whistle and then they ripped the ball out and ran it back for a touchdown. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like yeah. that game was crazy and we lost by like 17, but really it probably shouldn't have even maybe been a loss. I don't know. So the, Games are wild. Like, you really don't know what's going to happen. Do I think we're going to win? No. Do I think we're going to cover? Probably not. But, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say that we can't. Might as well go play, right. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to say we can't. I'm hoping that these guys are like, I can't believe that that happened and Harrison Evis never misses a kick again. That's, you know. They're pretty nice. Good. And, you know, Georgia didn't play that well in the red zone last week. And, like we said, they're probably going to bring their A game. But, you know, they kicked three field goals. Look look at Maggie talking herself into 45-9. <laughs> I was actually going to say and like feeling 60. good about it. I was thinking like 60 to like 14 or something. <laughs> hey, maybe Sam Horn will play in this game. Um, <laughs> Bet not. Eh, probably won't. Maybe uh, Luther no will, though. <laughs> let's hope Luther let's plays hope, in this game. Yeah, let's yeah, hope Luther yeah. plays in this game, y'all. Well, takes, I mean, actually like participates, you know. Yeah. Right. Like gets the ball. Yeah. He takes a snap. He can't redshirt, right? right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Uh, no reason at all. No reason at all. I'd ask why I'd ask that. Um, just curious. Just wondering. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I guess we should end this podcast. Do you guys have any final thoughts before we get out of here? We got Maggie's got Twitter people that want to hear from her oh, knowledge, yeah. me, right? Well, I guess that's true. Let me see if there's a couple. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. Here, here's one. Um, at at art negotiates. Mm. How do you coach up? Slash keep up Nathaniel Pete's spirits and confidence going forward. You just keep That's giving tough. him the ball. 
Yeah, just get back on the horse. Put him out. Put him out there and give him the ball on the first first play of the game. That's all you can yeah. do. Yeah, get back in the saddle. I mean, I, he's not going to make that mistake I mean, again. He clear. He still. clearly. <laughs> he clearly is their number one running back at this point. That became obvious on Saturday. And he should be. Yeah. And uh, Schrader had a touchdown. It was a nice run. I, I mean. Didn't he have a touchdown? Yeah. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of, like I said, I kind of forgot everything that happened in the first 55 minutes of that game. Is his first touchdown I mean, for Missouri? That's, no, he yeah. had one earlier. No, he had one. Yeah. Well, the Missouri Twitter account lied then because he said for his first t- touchdown as a Tiger. Uh, that's a lie. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't. Maybe it was his first SEC touchdown as a Tiger. They probably did some stupid call. First touchdown like against the Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> And it just probably you know, some weird, some my weird dumb brain just didn't that. translate it for first touchdown before 1 30 p.m. Central time for Missouri. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I'll ask this one at Doug underscore witty one is there a reason for some hope with this defense after a good three out of four of the play quarters of play against Auburn? They're a borderline top 25 defense. Um, yeah, Tyrone I mean, looked amazing again. He's having an all SEC year. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's having a get drafted year, I think. Um, yeah, there's reason for hope, but they just need any sort of help from the other side of the ball. Hopper looks a lot better than he did at Florida. Um, yeah. like at Florida, he did not look like this, which good to see. That's what you want, uh, from your you transfers. Didn't see but... You didn't see him much at Florida either, though. I'm pretty, awesome. I'm pretty positive. <laughs> He, but, he looked he looked good in the Missouri game last year. I I agree with you though, Tucker. Like he was yeah. really good against Missouri last year. He wasn't this good in in the rest of their games. Right. Um. But yeah, no. I I made a note of that about the defense. Like, I think the defense is better. But then like also no. Auburn's really bad. So it's just like one of those things where it's like, I don't I don't know. Like I think the defense has been a lot better. Uh, other than that first quarter where they got absolutely gashed. I mean. Um. But. You remember what they did against really bad teams last year. They're clearly yeah, better. Yeah, they are. You know, yeah. Uh, just from week to week, I think that they got better even. And I tweeted that about that first quarter too, Tucker. And yeah, people jumped at me. I said, this is the most uncompetitive I've ever seen Mizzou look. And, and knowing, that, knowing that Auburn was bad. And you know, I got some attitude for it, but <laughs> they didn't look competitive in that first quarter. I cannot, I do not know how. It, and, and they stepped it up in the second quarter, I will say. But that first quarter, yeah. it was ugly. It was horrible. It was bad. Yeah. It was worse than watching the stagnant teams go at it in the third and fourth. <laughs> that I mean, first quarter. Some some of us, and by some of us I mean me, are old enough to remember 77 nothing and 73 nothing and 66 nothing, which were all scores of Missouri football games. One was a K-State game, right? One was a K-State game, one was AM, and one was Oklahoma. Yeah. Buddy. Might be the yeah. score this week. <laughs> well, no, hopefully, ho- hopefully, what field. happened in that game won't happen in this one. Uh, Barry Switzer like basically told Missouri like he could hear their plays over the headsets or something like that. They, he basically knew what they were running. So he told him at halftime it didn't matter. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> um, let me ask. Let me ask this last question. So it's at Baramus Prime. So it says we are two fluke plays away from being three and one with an SEC road win. The narrative would be much different now had Mizzou pulled out a win. Question is, how will this team respond? Does this define the rest of the season or is it a turning point? You know who talks at the end of the season how close they were to being really good? Bad teams. Good teams make those plays. Like they just do. Because 
every team that finishes four and eight can find you four plays that would have gotten them to eight and four. Every single team. Um, but it, the weird thing is, I just don't know how much we find out this week. Right? Like Missouri could play well and lose by four touchdowns. Um, so I think the next time we learn much about them is is probably in Gainesville next week. At 11 a.m. in the swamp. 11 a.m. Too bad Mizzou doesn't get paid for these to go play these games against Georgia, you know? <laughs> Buy games. Yeah. Georgia Georgia, and Alabama should have to pay the, the rest of the SEC to come play them. <laughs> Listen, it's not a bad business strategy for Mizzou there. Like, hey, you, you still want us for easy wins? You got to pay us for easy wins, or we're going to go to the <laughs> MAC. We're going to go play in the Southland. <laughs> well, it's kind of like what everyone's talking about. I mean, we're seeing here in, you know, Arkansas obviously lost to A&M the other day and Miami lost to whomever they lost middle Tennessee, middle Tennessee, yeah. but we know what teams are going to be the top, at least three. I don't know who that fourth team is going to be probably not a big 12 team because they're just beating each other up. So it's, you know, unlikely that it's a big 12 team could be, I don't know, but we're all just playing for, bowls and trying to get recruits at this point like no one's playing because they're actually thinking they're gonna make it to the college football playoffs except maybe right six teams right but on on the trying to fill the last spots (laughs) i mean you want hope and and the 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 crappy part of this is we're now at the point where everybody feared you might be which is you're a month in and missouri fans are going why should i care Mm -hmm. like you're a month into the season. You're about to be two and three. Your best wins, Louisiana Tech. The most interesting thing to talk about is a wide receiver's Instagram story. I mean, you know, it, like it's just there. I I think now I, they're about a 500 team in September over the last five years, and it's not just that they haven't been great. It's that they just kill all interest before fans even really feel like the season started and. uh it's why they had to win one of these games, and they didn't do it. And it kills me yeah. that, you know what, I'm going to be there at 6.30 p.m. on Saturday, and, you know, <laughs> I hope the rest of our listeners are too because it just gets worse if we're not putting people in the stands. Hey, You know, sure. travel's tough. I was really delayed coming back. Maybe Georgia won't make it. Maybe they have yeah. to forfeit. It's Missouri's only hope at this point is that, that there are some logistical errors for the Georgia football team. Their equipment doesn't show up on time. It gets right. lost. There's a traffic uh, jam on coming from the airport. Yeah. I don't know. Never know. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't rule it out. All right. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Mizzou. That's who next week. We'll probably talk a little bit more basketball. Um, but we'll just have to see uh we'll see what luther burden does we'll keep an eye on that so thank you for tuning in here shout out to charlie hustle for outfitting us today and outfitting us always on the podcast until next week we will talk to you then